Last time on Life's But a Song. Carmen Jones, that's how, that's how he met her. Uh-huh. And he was like, I'm going to make you a star. By Porgy and Beth, he was like, I'm going to destroy this bitch. Life's but a song, so you can sing along with a special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me is my very special guest. He's a New York City-based opera singer, and he was on my Porgy and Bess episode, which, by the way, we we are recording this episode like a couple days after the Grammys. So he just basically won a Grammy with his (laughs) being in the cast of Porgy and Bess at the Met Opera. It's Mario Hines, everyone! Hello, everyone! Thank you, John, for having me once again. Well, you know, we were talking afterwards, and I was just like, there's gotta be more operatic movies that we can have you come on and, you know, (laughs) have you talk about them. And lo and behold, there there is. There is, and it's Carmen Jones that I, well, I thought of. There's probably more out there. But... Carmen Jones, I think, is a good like blend of the opera and the musical world. It's a good crossover. It's a wonderful crossover um, musical. Would you, okay, so you would call Carmen Jones a musical rather than yes, a high end musical. A high ooh, yes. Fancy. That's um, Porgy Bass and Candida are in that canon of, of being high end musicals. Yes. Oh. That's interesting. I would. Oh, right. Because we did consider Porgy and Bess not an opera for reasons. You guys will have to go back and listen to that episode because I totally forgot. Uh, I forgot too. (laughs) (laughs) But we're talking about Carmen Jones. The movie came out in 1954. Screenplay by Harry Kleiner. uh, Book by Oscar Hammerstein II. Music by George Bizet. Bizet. Bizet, excuse me, I don't know French, um, who wrote the opera Carmen, um, lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II, and directed by Otto Priminger. Priminger, there you go. I can say words sometimes. Yes, shoulder, give us a shoulder. (laughs) And according to IMDb, this movie is a contemporary version of the Bizet opera with new lyrics and an African-American cast. I mean, that doesn't really help much in terms of a synopsis. No. But when has IMDb ever been good with stellar synopsis? It's so true. On my other podcast is when we did Jupiter Ascending, and I was just like, somebody actually took the time to figure out the words to describe this movie. Mm. So person who wrote this one you failed because <laughs> yes. so much happens more than just that so in your career though were you ever in carmen or carmen jones no i auditioned for carmen jones when there was a quote unquote revival in new york but that shit was already cast they just did that for formality uh, oh. you know you know how the you know how you know how the business is it's true very uh, true. But, like, you've seen both of... Obviously, you've seen this movie, but, like... I've seen the opera and the movie. 
I I've worked on the opera and I gotta say the music is pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. I don't know his other works, but I don't think I want to. <laughs> Just because then it'll be like, oh, because because I feel like I'd be comparing it to. Carmen. Carmen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd rather just yeah. enjoy Carmen and that's it. Yeah. I like his other work, then great. But how did you feel about the contemporized version of it? Oh, I loved it. I think they did they did so right by the the original material and just the concept is amazing. It's one of those things where, oh, I never thought of that. It's genius work. Yeah, because, like, from what I know of the opera, they basically set it in, like, World War II, and it yeah. worked. It worked. And it, worked. it was one of those things that just worked. Yeah, because, you know, with our history, we know women were in the workforce doing this thing, and that's just so happened to be what happened in the opera. And they had to add different lyrics, but I think it worked. Yeah, it, it worked perfectly. Obviously, Dorothy Dandridge got the Oscar nomination for it. She was yes. the first Black woman to do that at the time, to be nominated. Really? Yes. I think for nominated for Best Actress, because Hattie McDaniel was the first Black to win for Best Supporting Actress for Gone with the Wind. Ah, and again, in this movie, uh, Dorothy Dandridge is not singing. No. Marilyn Horn, um, yeah. who, was ni- who was 19 at the time. And actually, I think she just won a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys or something. She this... won some accompli- accomplishment from the Grammys. But legend has it that Leontine Price was originally supposed to dub that role, but couldn't do it. So Marilyn Horan, you said, was around 19 when she did this? Yes. Jesus Christ. And the the Hollywood studio, where they were doing it, was literally across the campus that she was in, that she was going to school in. She went to USC. Oh, my God. Yes. And she got paid $300 for it, (laughs) which back then was was bank. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) then um, also Laverne... uh, Laverne Hutchinson, Hutcherson, I think that's mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, he's he's the singing voice for Joe, who played Joe on Broadway and was Porgy and Porgy and Bess. Yeah, in the stage version, I should say, and then Husky was the other one that didn't have that was uh, dubbed. Mm-hmm. Right. The only one, the only person that wasn't dubbed was Pearl Bailey. Pearl Bailey. <laughs> yeah. Pearl Bailey High School. Those who watch American Dad. <laughs> no, I kid you not. Like, like the like the teenagers go to a high school called Pearl Bailey. It is amazing. God. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, because she sings. Be the gypsy song, yeah. Yeah, the gypsy song, yeah. So the stage version of Carmen Jones came out in 1943. So it took almost a decade for the movie to happen, which exactly. is still pretty fast. Considering, yeah, that is. Considering we're, there's still Broadway shows that haven't had like a, movie, a film version. 
for example, see how long it took Phantom of the Opera to become be made into a musical yeah. movie. Yeah. So the a fact that it, the fact that it took ten years is pretty good. And then uh, a lot of the songs in the movie were retitled from the show. Mm-hmm. I think because with my outline, I'm just like, wait, is this this song or is this another song? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Ooh, right. What? Just make, give me one solidified list. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. And I see you got it here with your outline. Yes. From, yes. I found a source that gave us the Carmen Jones title. So like Dat Love and then what it is in the Carmen opera, which is Habanera. Habanera? Yes. I don't know who's the evil mastermind who did that, but thank you because... Yes. It was great to be like, oh, that's that song. Okay. <laughs> Although there, then there's songs like Disflower is the flower song. And you're like, right. I mean, we don't really need to know that that's what it is because it says it in the title. That's very true. But, you know, there's always that one person that's like, what's that from Carmen in the original? <laughs> you know, there's always going to be that one person. Oh, yeah. I mean, I probably would have said that too. So I probably, it probably would have been me. <laughs> so the one thing, though, that I didn't really understand, I mean, I get it that it made sense with the opera, is that there are army men everywhere they go in this yeah. movie. I mean, yeah. obviously, they're on a base in the beginning, but when they go to Chicago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby, I remember there's just army men everywhere so like i know you don't have an answer but do you have thoughts on on that maybe the army men were looking for joe Ooh, i mean yes but like it seems like there's way too many of them just to be looking for one man <laughs> well it was around wartime so i mean and that was during the draft so it, so basically if you were 18 and breathing you were practically drafted in the military so maybe that could be it if you're 18 you were drafted <laughs> basically i mean real tea real talk so that's one way of looking at it <laughs> yeah and the other thing though that i was a little confused about is how much time do you think actually passes in this movie i don't know because like it's hard to tell <laughs> i'd have to I'd, I'd have to watch it again with that in mind it seems like there's one day where, what's her, what's her little name? Cindy Lou. Cindy Lou, which actually was the role that Otto Preminger wanted Dorothy Dandridge to do. Really? Yes, Eartha Kitt was going to was originally offered the role. <gasps> oh my Otto, God! Right, Otto Preminger thought that Dorothy Dandridge didn't have the sex appeal, for lack of a better term. So what does she do? She dresses the part, knocks on his door, and, like, just shows up and, like, I'm getting a second interview. Like, just, like, dressed as the character. But wait a second. Didn't we talk about how they ended up dating or yes. being yes. in a relationship? And that, that's where they first met. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then a few years later, they, you know, lay out their relationship on the Porky and Bess. <laughs> yeah. And that was the shit show of a movie. But you can find out about that in our earlier podcast. In our earlier episode, yes. <laughs> yes. See what I did there, John? See? See? <laughs> Plugging! Yes. 
This movie is just so good, and I'm so happy that it existed because yeah. I just love the accessibility of it. You know, Carmen is one that not a lot of audiences probably know the full score or the full show, and this they one, they're they're at least very familiar with at least one song. Oh yeah, yeah. And then this one though, it's in English, so that's helpful for a lot of audiences. It's shorter. Yes. They 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 cut out the fat, so to say. And then the gristle. <laughs> and then you get Pearl Bailey just singing one song. That's all you really yes. need. But that's all you really need from her. <laughs> which is that's funny, really all you need. Which is funny because in Beat Out That Rhythm of the Drum, the percussionist's name is Max Roach. And in it, they tell him to like play louder and that they're really just shouting at him. At him. Yes. Not like his character, quote unquote. Yes. They was turning up. <laughs> right? Right. Mm. <laughs> but how did you feel about Cindy Lou's character and her story? I loved it. I thought they did her justice and they really did a they paid a really good homage to the opera. I thought well, I just think the whole I think the whole movie is just a wonderful nod to Carmen, the yeah. opera. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I mean, it's one of those things where I don't have anything negative to say about it, really. Did I write any negatives? I found like little things for when we do sharp and flat, but like. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear that. I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. But like the whole time, I was just like, poor Cindy Lou and I get it that's like what her character what goes through her character in the opera yeah but at the same time like give the girl a break (laughs) seriously her lover ends up like her boyfriend uh, ends up going with Carmen because reasons (laughs) she's that bitch that's why she is that bitch um and then, you know, Pearl Bailey and Mert. No, Mert is a man. Pearl Bailey and some other woman are just like, we're going to go to Chicago to follow the fighter and you should come with us. And There's money involved. <laughs> she has to whore herself out, basically. Basically. No, because the boxer, Husky Miller, is like, I want her or y'all going to get fired. Two of the managers. So how did you feel about, instead of him being a toreador, which he is in the opera, they make him a boxer. Did you feel that that was like a good parallel or could they have given him a different profession? I think that was a great parallel because, I mean, the toreadors were the equivalent of what a boxer was back then. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was because... Stand up and fight was uh, the is the Toreador song, which that's the one that everyone knows. I yeah, mean, you know, da, 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 it happens like six or seven times in the opera, and maybe yeah. like three times in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know. This is the one where I just felt like it was a little. The lyrics were just a little off. Okay. Because, like, I don't know if being a boxer was, like, I didn't I didn't see being a boxer being as high regards as 
being a torridor in Spain. Mm. Okay. Well, what, just, what, what, what did you think he should have been? Or what profession do you think would have been in that same parallel as a torridor? That's the thing. I don't know. I mean, oh. obviously he has to be some sort of sport. Uh, so, <laughs> I almost said sports athlete. <laughs> he has to be athletic at, uh, at something. Um, I don't know. Maybe like a baseball player would have worked too. Okay. Because that was still high, like seen as high regard. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, I'm also watching it with 2021 eyes. So mm, yeah, right. But yeah, it it oh this oh this music is just so good, and I feel like Hammerstein did did a great job. You know, absolutely. Like, like preserving everything and not like doing too much to it and staying really as true to the material as you could have have you now i know you said you've never been in carmen but have you actually sang something from it for like a concert i sang or something? like a few duets from carmen and you know i sang some stuff from the ensemble but i never actually done the show itself it's about time we get you in carmen <laughs> i know right seriously seriously i would love to do that which I didn't realize that Carmen is also based off of a novella. Like the opera is yeah. based off a novella. The whole thing is part three of the novella. Um, that's what the opera is based off of. So there are two other two other parts to the yeah. story that you're like, oh, there's more? <laughs> there's more? Yes. Oh and, um, and you know that um, MTV tried to do like the modern Carmen Jones, right? Stop it. Wait, with Beyonce? Yeah. With Beyonce, stop! It was hip hop, bro. No. Yeah. Oh. oh no. Yes. Oh, I kind of want to now watch it because it sounds so awful. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was bad. Oh my god. And she was the Carmen character, I'm assuming. Obviously, yes. So, wait, they did a hip-hopera version of Carmen Jones or of Carmen? Of of Carmen, but some people will say that recent version of Carmen Jones. I need to... Oh, my God. Who else was in this? Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Uh, Carmen, hip... Hop, oh my, it came out in 2001. Yes. And it stars Mackay Pfeiffer, Beyonce. Oh my God. Wyclef Jean is in it, Debrat, Jermaine Dupree. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so they've got like artists. Yes. I don't know who Ra Digga is. Uh, oh, she's a MC. Okay. Oh my God. Man, now I need to torture myself and watch it. Like, it was one of those things that sounded good on paper. It sounded better. The concept sounded better on paper than in execution. Yeah, so it's set in Philadelphia. Carmen Brown. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's an aspiring actress. Her sultry looks and carefree confidence attract the attention of everyone from a cricket cop Lieutenant Miller to famous rapper Blaze. Okay, so they made him a rapper. Yes. That's interesting. 
And then I'm assuming Hill is Mackay Pfeiffer plays is, the, uh, the um, um, Joe character. The Joe character, yeah. Yes. And Blaze is the Husky character. Exactly. Who's played by Casey Lee. No idea who that is. He's an actor, though. Mm. Yes. But, oh my god, it sounds so bad that I have to watch it. Right. I can probably find it right. on YouTube or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be that hard. <clears throat> or if nothing else, you can find, definitely find clips of it, and maybe that's all you need to see. Oh, man. <laughs> it sounds like it'll... Like, Beyonce has a has a really good voice. This was, like, early in her career, so her acting yeah. wasn't, like, the strongest yet, but she was... It would be pretty good, but like Makai Pfeiffer, man, that boy was everywhere at that time. <laughs> yes, he was at that time. Yeah, black leading man, him. Black leading... <laughs> now back to Carmen Jones. Now back to Carmen Jones. Yeah, I'm um, gonna give you that little tidbit. Okay, so I was watching at the end there, like towards the end of the movie. Or throughout, actually, I should say throughout the whole movie, does Husky have a, did Husky have a black eye or am I just seeing things? I don't know. I don't remember seeing a black eye, but what's something else I have to look into the next time I watch it. Because like, I get it that he's a boxer and all that, but like, does he really need to have bruises? I mean, could he just be a pretty face? (laughs) Sure, sure. Face, face, face. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) I guess they were trying to prove a point that he indeed is a boxer. Yeah, I. Uh, the, the only real thing, like I, uh, like we've talked about, that is a negative about this movie is like there's no time really. Right. It's it it hap- it it could if you told me it was a day, like two days, I'd believe you. If you told me it was two months, I'd believe you. Mm-hmm. It's just like the everything else though is just so well done. Like the the look of it was great, and the acting was superb, and um, the voice dubbing was. <laughs> I just I just wish you know they got people just actually sing it and not mm-hmm. lip sync it, but that's neither that's not my choice personally. I also found out that this is the film debut of Diane Carroll. Yes, exactly. Yes, it is. Yes, it was. Yes. It was. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Past tense, dear. Past tense. <laughs> Past tense, dear. Yes, yes. In my mind, her spirit lives on. <laughs> they all do. Like, yes. Pro Bailey is still wanting, <laughs> still playing, uh, beat the, beat out the, that rhythm of the drum. Yeah, rhythm of the drum, yes. Beat and you know that, um, Diane Carroll said that, um, when Otto Priminger was yelling at his actors, because that's what he, he was known for, basically treating them like crap. Oh, good. And she was like, you clearly have not met my father who would put the fear in God in you. Like, so <laughs> that's exactly what she put. So she was like in the interview, when he was doing that to me, I was like, why are you yelling? What is it that you need me to do that you have to yell? Like, but I'm not scared of you. <laughs> Diane Carroll, she played Cindy Lou, right? No, she played one of the um, friends, one of Carmen's friends. 
Oh, the other one. The one that yeah. his name I can't remember. Right. Let me see if I can find it for you. Um, Mert. All right, so Mert is a woman. I was, yeah. I was right. She played Mert, and who was... Olga James played Cindy Lou. Yeah. Now, in the opera, though, isn't her name like Michaela? Michaela, yeah. Michaela? Yeah. How how did they get Cindy Lou from Michaela? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. At that point, you know, you, at that point, you got to just stop for, you have to stop trying to do a literal interpretation and just, I mean, Kelly I Michelle. know, right? I know, I know. Michelle works. <laughs> Michelle works, sure, yes. Well maybe, well, maybe when you write the new Carmen opera or the Carmen hip opera, you can have her yes. name Michelle. Yes. yes, I'm going to rewrite the Carmen hip opera. Yes. And call her Michelle, you know, just just There you go. Me. Not Michelle, right. Michelle. I actually knew a Michelle spelled M E. S H E L L, literally Michelle. Done. That's, I'm stealing Done. my name. There you go. <laughs> okay, so in the movie, do you think that Carmen actually likes Joe, or do you think that it's that she sees him as a means of an escape? I think both. First, there was a means to an escape, of course, but I think there truly is feeling for him. Because obviously when her friends are at the bar and they're trying to convince her to go to Chicago, she's like, y'all go ahead. I'm good over here. I'm waiting for my man. So I think there is a little bit of love there for him. And I think it, that may be the first time she's ever experienced that, actually. Because there's moments where I'm just like, are you, I get it that she was flirting with him before the, even the story starts. And She's just a flirt and all that. But like, it's one of those things that I wasn't sure if once you have it, you're like, oh, grass is always greener, kind of though. Yeah, the, yeah there was definitely part of that too, of course, because she goes to the boxer. Right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you feel about the way that they staged her death? Spoiler alert, by the way, she dies. Right. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought yeah. it, I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's really nothing bad I can say about the movie, on my part at least. Everything that I have to say is I loved it. I loved it. I loved the concept. I love that it stayed true to the material as well. Now we just got to get you in it. Yes. Now we just have to get me in it. <laughs> exactly. At at some point where there's going to be a new production of it, may, you know, maybe yeah. my. My hip hop version. Yes, we'll premiere, we'll premiere at the Met. Of course, yes, because yes. that's yes. that's exactly what they want to do. Yes, but well, that's another podcast <laughs> for those Drag Race UK fans. But that's another story. <laughs> we'll get Audra to come in and play Carmen. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be gonna be like, hey, cast of Porgy and Bess, come do my Carmen hip opera. Uh, basically, yes, exactly. That's probably what they'll end up doing. Oh, that's probably what they'll end up doing if they ever do another. If they ever do another black opera, they'll just like recycle the Porgy and Bess cast in that. Yes, which is which is smart. 
yeah. Anyway, back to Carmen Jones. Back to Carmina Jones. I don't know what I just did there. I just said a word. Um, right. It's just fascinating, this movie. And, like, I, I really like the costumes of it. Of course, because there's, like, song and dance and there's, like, that little bit of fantasy happening with, with yeah. the singing. They have to ground the rest of it in realism somehow because it's, like, a real story that has... Mm-hmm. Con- shows you consequences and things like that so like the look of it i feel like is spot on yeah you've got the um it's not too flashy of color the apartment that they end up getting in chicago is just drab enough Mm -hmm. the boxing gym is not like too pristine it it felt like they filmed it on location even though i know they did it right right exactly no, that was when they rarely filmed on, on location. Rarely. Right. I mean, it was all built in studios. <laughs> yes. But what they did, they did a wonderful job of. So let's, get, so let's talk about what you didn't like about it. Do you want to get into Sharp and Flat then? Just to like, sure. just this way it's more of that. All right, right. Let's get into Sharp and Flat. Sharp. Flat. Obviously, in this section, we're going to highlight some more moments. Uh, And if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, it's flat. I'm going to go first because I already talked about all the women's costumes. I just, I loved it. Like, especially hers, where she's in Chicago and she has basically two dresses to her name. (laughs) Right, pretty much. Yeah, that's very true, actually. So, uh, or wait, no, she has that one dress and then she buys a new one when she's going to whore herself out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very well done. And I know that it's set like 10 years before it came out. So it's not mm-hmm. like too much overdone, like, or too um, influenced by the current period that they're in. Yeah. Like if you watch a lot of, 60s and 70s movies that take place at a different time period they're very influenced by the 60s and 70s yes uh i also really liked carmen zeba stripe underwear i don't know why i was just like yes mama like and her that... body was snatched yes oh my god but she i think i think i wrote that down because it I mean, it just shows you how important, from a costumer's perspective, how important it is down to, like, the underwear to show a character. Like, that just shows, to me, seeing the zebra stripe underwear just shows, like, she's a wild child, you know? She's She's not wearing the silky underwear or the solid color. She's got a print on it and zebra, so it's... right. A little cheeky, a little fun, a little everything like that. The little things. The little things. It's um, always in the little details like that, like you just said, even to our underwear. Yes. Yeah. And then apparently on my sharps, I only focused on costumes. I mean, okay. Like, Tell the, me ta- about them. the talent level is great. I love, I loved Cindy Lou, hated her name though. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> It's just a really good movie and like it's not a feel good movie by any means but no. you do in a way. <laughs> huh, I, yes you do. As with Car- 
as with Carmen the Opera, you feel that you feel that same way too. Like that was amazing. That was like yeah, you're blown away by the talent. The story itself isn't feel good at all. No, you no. <laughs> but like you just watch two hours of like people belting their faces off and you know you have the five minutes of pearl bailey wanting to beat the rhythm of the drums yeah uh, <laughs> do that again do it again <laughs> beat the rhythm of the drums beat the rhythm of the drums um so what was you do you have any like specific moments that you were like my sharps <laughs> well the whole movie is a sharp but that um that gypsy song that being on that rhythm of the drums yeah, you, you, you want to just shake your drum. shoulders when you sing it. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought that I thought that was a great scene. And I thought it was a wonderful parallel to the actual opera itself. I mean, they really just it's such a good movie. It's just such a good movie. Because in the opera, what happens? They go they come across a gypsy camp. Yeah, they're at a bar yeah, a gypsy camp, they're at a bar. Yeah. Yes, because in the movie there they go to that army bar or yeah. whatever. But in the opera they it's called the gypsy song and there's the gypsies and you have a dance and everything. Yes. Have you seen the recent the one that plays at the Met? So yeah. with that one, I know that they quote unquote updated it to be, I think, this time period. Yeah. Like World War Two era. So I actually like the look of it and yeah. seeing the dance, is, the gypsy dance is just beautiful. Um, yeah. Again, I'm a little biased because I wor- I've worked on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have any flats? No. not like, like, If I do, I have to think really hard. I do not have any flats, but I would love to hear what your flats are. So there's... Maybe you- Maybe you can convince me that there, there is a flat after all, because I just think the movie's flawless. But I would, I am curious to hear what you have to say. Um, I felt like Husky Miller was a little too much for me. He was a little okay. too big headed. I feel like not knowing how, I, I not knowing how people portray the Toreador, though, because um, obviously different people have different mindsets when you're, especially when you sing the Toreador song but I feel like Husky in the movie was just like a little too much for me okay and then there's a moment early on in the film that I didn't like at all and it was Sergeant Brown hitting on Cindy Lou Mm. I was just like do you really need to show this like is this really that important Mm. (laughs) we it's the way that they treat Cindy Lou at the beginning of the movie, I'm just like, why? What is going on? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you put her through all these like flaming hoops to go see her boyfriend, and then you send her boyfriend away on a mission, even though it's his day off or it's about to be his day off. Yeah, and then you're the you you hit on her. It's like, what? <laughs> Right. I just didn't like that personally. Got you. Got and that's you. really it. I mean, like I said, the rest of it is a banger of a movie. It really is. More people need to see it. 
Um, Unlike Porgy and Beth, <laughs> which we ripped to shreds. <laughs> yes, but we we offered we offered criticism for it. You know, like we offered our suggestions. We're still waiting yes. to hear back uh, right. from people. And now I'm just waiting to hear back about the hip hop raw version of Car- of my of my Carmen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you find any flats, or do you still just think that this is a banger of a movie? And it, I it's think it's just a banger movie. of a movie. I think it was perfectly done. I wish I could trash it more, but I just like I can't. Such a genius of a film and concept. I mean, I know probably the answer to this, and you can say all of them, but like, are there any songs that you would add to your life's playlist? Well, of course, the overture. You know I love a good overture. You know I love a good entrance. <laughs> Purse first. <laughs> yes. How about you? Beat out that rhythm of the drum. Okay, I feel like yeah. that, that one you can definitely like shimmy your way to work with. Right. Um, Especially if you're working on Carmen in and of itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whizzing away, away along the track. Da-da-da, Chicago train, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Yes. That That one was... That is a bop. That is amazing. I can't remember now. Is it all acapella, or is there, like, sections where it's no music? I think there's sections where there's no music. Whizzing away along the track, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. That one was just like, oh, my God. This is so well done. Yes. And then My Joe, I wrote down, mm. Michaela's song. Because you, Cindy Lou, although I, that actress was great, she stole it with that one song. Yeah. And, you know, I get it that they have to put her through the ringer because that's what happens in the opera. But, like, yeah, you get that one song and you ugly sing it. And that's it. I'm I'm done. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I love it. Uh, do you have any other songs that you would want, want to add besides the overture? <laughs> um, my Joe, actually. Now that you mentioned it, <laughs> what? Not beat that rhythm. Beat out that rhythm of the drum. Yeah, that. Yeah, that can go in there too. Just those three. <laughs> Just those. Three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, if you could play any character in you know what i'm gonna i'll expand it in either carmen or carmen jones obviously there it's the same story but like you know the different vocal arrangements that need and again it's any character so you could play a park bench for all i care but who would you want to play if you could pick the park bench the park (laughs) (laughs) no but i would want to play one of the robbers or the smugglers. smugglers. I do the what is it is, Chicago train, clickety clack, clickety clack. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of those characters. Just because I never, I've always enjoyed being the supporting role and let someone else carry the show. I'm all about my 15 seconds and then just going backstage and just chilling. <laughs> but like, okay, so in the movie though, Wizard away along the along the track. That's by the core group, right? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. 
but it's by the supporting characters, I should say. So because like you yeah, have right. Bailey there, you have Diane Carroll, and you have the two men. The two men, but in the opera, is it done by different people? Because it's the quintet, apparently. It's the same. It's the same characterization. That's the way I should put it. Okay, because the way that you call them robbers, I was like, wait a second, there are robbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Allow me to be more specific. It's the same characterization. Because you just want to sing that one song and then be done? Yes. And then, you know, smile every once in a while and be like, I'm on stage too, guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, that's always been my life. That's always been the story of my life. Like, I've always loved not being the lead, but being good enough to, like, say two lines and then just be on the stage, be backstage. <laughs> have, have have like the the one of the highlight numbers and then you're done yes exactly <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> all right so i won't cast you as carmen in my carmen hip hopera. please don't <laughs> <laughs> well that's it <laughs> we come to the end of the episode is there unless is there, is there anything else you want to talk about Carmen before we get to plugging and stuff like that? No, nothing else. Well, well, people should cast Mario as a robber in whatever production of Carmen or Carmen Jones. You should go see his award, his Grammy award winning CD of Porgy and Bess that he's in the ensemble for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mario, is there anything else you want to plug or promote how about your socials you want to like promote yes yes do the social do your um your house of kamalo kamalo yes 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 h-a-u-s of k-u-m-a-l-o and now describe it to the good people what is what is house of kamalo it's basically a it's a doll collection page and doll photography page. Let, let me tell you though, I've seen a few of these pictures. They look real. Like I, 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 it took me a second to be like, oh, that's a doll, not a human. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, when, when you see a full body picture, you can tell it's a doll because of the joints and everything, but like when you send me just like a headshot of one, I'm sometimes I'm like, wait a second. Is that a, first of all, is that a man? <laughs> is that a man, Maury? <laughs> is that a drag queen? <laughs> is that a drag queen? Um yeah. Go check out House of Kumalo. Yes. Cause it's gorge and everything. Yes, um, it's it's turning into a global brand. <laughs> mario has some room set aside in his apart in his new york city apartment for his his new fashion house yes oh so good um and for the podcast if you want to help me out with my carmen hip hopera uh that apparently i'm doing you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com uh, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Buttersong Pod. 
I will take any and all suggestions for this hip hop And if you want to be part of the next episode, we'll be talking about In the Heights. Yes, a recent movie. Woo! So, uh, Mario, why don't we whistle along the track? Clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. <laughs> All right, bye for now, everyone. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.